Garçon, coffee. Welcome to the Coffee and Death Sticks podcast. My name is Kevin Romani. And I am Danny Marchant. And I have been avoiding it like the plague. We have even talked about this film's trailer over a year ago, almost 18 months ago, I think now, when we were reviewing Eternals. Danny and I were surprised, at least I was, by a new Roland Emmerich movie coming out, Moonfall, and we knew it would be garbage but it might be another level of garbage. I have finally watched the the film, the picture, Moonfall, and Danny has, every once in a while on this podcast, brings it up and says, you're not getting away with this. We got to talk about Moonfall. We're in fuck you, it's January. So I took the time to watch Moonfall. And Danny and I are going to tell you in express detail, in very specific detail, why you should or sh- or excuse me, why you should not or maybe should watch Moonfall, depending on how much you want to torture yourself. So, Danny, Moonfall. Yeah. Um, depending on what your kink is, should you or should you not watch <laughs> Moonfall? And if you're if you're the kind of freak that I am, you should watch Moonfall. Um, I saw Moonfall a lot earlier than Kevin did, and I've just been sort of quietly sitting on it. Um, this is the dumbest film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh, and that's a big thing to say, because a lot of films have been made. Um, Roland Emmerich has made a lot of movies himself. A lot of them have been very stupid. Uh, this is definitely the most stupid film he's ever made, which is impressive uh this is this is astounding this is an astounding achievement that he was able to it's incredible that he was able to pull this off um to use it in a horrible context uh ian malcolm in jurassic park uh you did it you crazy son of a bitch you did you (laughs) you made the dumbest movie i've ever seen in my entire life um moonfall just an, an incredible piece of work. Yeah. You have said some version of it's the worst movie I've ever seen, I think, numerous times on this podcast. <laughs> but if you, if you are saying a movie that has been given a theatrical release that you have seen, I might actually believe you this time. You know, there are obviously worse movies than this, but something that made it all the way to being able to see it in a theater, not ironically, like when it came out, when it came out, I it might be the dumbest movie ever. I am no science whiz at all. <laughs> subject I, actually, ironically, my two worst subjects in high school were science and German, Roland Emmerich. So <laughs> I don't know what that says, but those are what I struggled with. And I don't know much about the laws of physics or any of that. But this movie really, really defies any semblance of logic. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm watching this going, I don't know a lot about how a rocket is launched into space. But I did watch a couple of those Apollo mission documentaries that came out for the, what the 50th anniversary a couple of years ago. Yeah. If you believe in that sort of thing. And (laughs) 
<laughs> I was amazed at how remarkable everything had to go perfectly. And you had to have so many of the smartest fucking people in the world to get that rocket ship to the moon. In this movie, which, you know, maybe they should have set, set it in like the future or something. I don't know. But it's present day. And, oh, our whole crew left this rocket mission that's all right we'll just we'll just have a skeleton crew for this paramount mission to yeah. save the planet earth and an engine went out but that's okay and this rocket ship that we measured very specific calculations for you know we can have it launch during a tsunami wave attacking it and it's just going to power through the ocean you know it's like it's rocket science. you can get a it's, yeah, it's, yeah, right. It's like, this is where this expression came from. So, yeah, on a logical level, it's like, it's so stupid. But I think from where Danny and I usually come from is from a movie-making and film criticism angle. It's like, this is, this is Roland Emmerich phoning it in, which is a frightening thought, which is scarier than the end of the world because... He's already not a great filmmaker as it is, and him like half-assing a genre that he has beat the dead horse to for 15 years now. It's like this has been long over, he's, and he's, he's I didn't even know this movie was being made. He, he's desecrating the horse's resting place now. It, it's gone <laughs> yeah. so far beyond beating the dead horse. Like, I mean, it, it's. Nor, nor, you know, a movie like Independence Day is stupid. We, we've discussed that, but it's fun. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of things in that movie that don't make sense scientifically. But shut up, who cares? It's like, a movie. It's an it's an alien invasion movie, and like Neil deGrasse Tyson, if, if he's if if he, I don't know if there's a video <laughs> of him out there <laughs> watching this movie. <laughs> if Neil deGrasse Tyson, if there's a video of him out there. Uh, you know, uh, talking about how Independence Day doesn't make any sense. It's like I don't want to watch that. You, you're ruining, you're ruining that movie. However, Moonfall, I can see being a scientist, a physicist, uh, a, a, a learned person watching a movie like this and wanting to blow your brains out because <laughs> it goes so far beyond. It's just a movie. Into wait, if it haven't you like ever like seen like haven't you ever watched tv like like it's it's so far beyond movie logic or popcorn logic into the realm of who made this Mm -hmm. like it's 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 roland emmerich phoning it in it's it's him it's not just stupid it's it's like baffling how it it doesn't even (laughs) it's not that it doesn't make any sense I think I'm stealing a quote from Mark Kermode, but he's a good person to steal quotes from. It's not that it doesn't make any sense. It makes unsense. <laughs> like, <laughs> it like it, it 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 is it is mind shatteringly dumb this 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 yeah. film. Um popcorn logic and stupid movies that it's fine. A lot of his movies are like that. The day after tomorrow Stupid movie. 2012. Stupid movie. Independence Day Resurgence. One of this podcast's favorite films. Stupid movie. Um, Moonfall. It's not 
it's too much. It is too much it's, in yeah. one direction. Um, the first chunk of this movie actually isn't that bad. It's the whole movie's ugly visually. It's yes. maybe his ugliest movie he's ever made. Um, like in terms of just the visual look of it. Um, it's way too dark. You can't see anything. But the first chunk of it isn't that bad. It's just kind of a mindless Emmerich film about the moon attacking Earth, essentially. And it's kind of fun. It's like, okay, this is dark and depressing, but that's every movie now. Emmerich has given into that like everyone else has. Then the movie becomes a different movie, and that's the moment where you start to see Emmerich at the end. He, it's like, okay, you're at the end of your career here. You're, you're just... Yeah. You're out of tricks. The walls are closing in on you. <laughs> you are a magician at the end of the road. This is the last venue in Vegas that will book you. And you're just pulling everything out of the hat that you can think of. And the yeah. stuff he pulls out of this hat is insane. And that's kind of the, and the movie ends and you just feel like you've watched someone do terrible things to just make a quick buck. And it, you feel, you feel shame. Yeah. <laughs> and it, so much to respond to. There's so much to talk about with this movie. It's, um, it, yeah, it fails on every level. I agree with you. The first act or so is, you, you know what you signed up for. It's a Roland Emmerich disaster film. And if you're here for the disaster porn, your pants were off 10, 15 minutes into this movie. You didn't have to wait very long. And the some of the scenes early on that were the flooding of the cities, I, I thought looked like fine. It's like, okay, this is standard. This is what these movies look like. It's extremely tired, but okay, fine. We're along for the ride. We we're introduced to these characters. It turns into a global thing when the moon is off its orbit. And it's this problem we have to solve. The moon is off its orbit. It's destroying earth. Fine. But then it veers <laughs> into sentence. just what a sentence. Yeah. That's really the greatest sentence that's ever been said. Fuck that. That's in this movie. Well, we're inside the moon now, but, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm going to steal a red letter media quote when they talk about famous B movies and when they love like Samurai Cop or The Room or something like that. They say that it feels like it's made by an alien, like mm. someone who just has no human connection, social cues, and I never really thought that about Roland Emmerich. I always thought his he's just like not a great movie maker, right? But this one felt kind of like that, like kind of like he has now lost all sense of reality. Like he, he's everything about this movie is just off. Like when I watched it, I text Danny and said, the one thing we need to we have got to talk about is the meeting with the, the cuckoo conspiracy theorists. Right. So that's another familiar Emmerich trope in these movies is. When the disaster starts happening, there's signs of it. There's at least one character that's this, like, deemed a crazy person and is not involved in polite society anymore or whatever. 
So this one naturally lends itself to that, where there is a group of people who have believed for some time that the moon is actually a mega conductor, is that, or a superconductor? Yeah, I think it's something. Mega, I think they say it's a mega conductor, or a mega structure. Mega. Oh no, you're right. Me- it's a mega structure. It's mega structure. Mega structure. The moon moon so, is a mega structure. That the moon is not a moon but it's some sort of artificial intelligence i don't know object something like that so it's samuel tarley from game of thrones i certainly do not remember his character's name in this Uh, oh we're not gonna none of the characters names we're not gonna refer to any of them yeah please don't make me remember anyone's name from this movie but i know i know patrick i almost said patrick stewart patrick wilson's name alone is like oh my god but his character name is very similar to patrick it's like a very boring Everyone henry mills or something like that by either their actor name or if they are not famous enough the the more famous character the they played in something else so yes, samuel carly patrick wilson yes halle berry or Patrick Wilson's son. son. <laughs> yes. Or Nanny. Michael, we'll get Michael to that Pena. later. Um, Michael Pena, famous, who is... Famous Chinese I love pop star. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your stock Roland Emmerich characters. But yeah. um, as they're having this meeting, all these conspiracy theorists, and Samuel Tarley gives his little whatever... There's like the stoner guy who's like, what if the moon was this? And then there's some old guy who just shouts out, it was Oswald. And I'm like, why did he say that? <laughs> like, first of all, it's a stupid joke, but wait a minute. Is that implying that thinking Oswald killed Kennedy is like the kook? the cuckoo theory of what happened? Cause that's like the accepted knowledge of what happened. Like, or is he saying Oswald is what made the moon a mega structure? It's I just don't like off. It's, it's, Everything it's, is just off. He's either playing a level of chess we'll never understand. Because <laughs> when he shouted that, I, I, I remember you texted me that, and I was like, I forgot about that moment. Because when I first saw the movie, I remember I remember cocking my head like a dog that heard a weird sound at that moment. I was like, what is that joke? Is that a he thinks Oswald is involved with the moon. I had the exact same thought process you had. Like, what is that joke? Because a funny joke would be, is the joke that only a truly crazy person would think it was Oswald. <laughs> like, like, I don't understand what the, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't understand what the joke was because the, 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 the level of conspiracy theorists they present in it, like you said, there's a stoner. Like that's the kind of conspiracy mm-hmm stock character they're dealing with so that kind of character wouldn't think it was oswald they would think it was the cia or lbj or right so it's like which which incidentally folks which which incidentally folks is who it was but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we're gonna do our jfk podcast this year at some point yeah exactly 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 (laughs) do your own research folks but anyway um it's like it's like like you said it's like an alien wrote this an alien gathered information from the internet <laughs> and just kind of cobbled it together so you get this weird moment of a guy who looks like a JFK conspiracy theorist but then says the wrong thing. Yes. So exactly. And, and it's like what? But maybe it's literally just meant to be 
he thinks Oswald is involved in the moon conspiracy, which isn't a funny joke. No. Yeah. <laughs> so there, but then it, but it made me laugh. <laughs> so like you said, perhaps he is, he is a genius. This Roland Emmerich. He's like, well, I'm going to make a joke so baffling that it will make people laugh. And then it makes me think of the, the line from Ind- the independence day when all the loony Los Angeles, Los Angelinos are running down the street to go greet the aliens. And there's that one cookie lady who's like, Oh God, I hope they bring back Elvis. And it's like, is that a thing that aliens took Elvis? Like, is that that's at least a little closer because I do think that's like a national Enquirer thing I've seen here and there. I want to say men in black even has an Elvis joke at some point. So I think there are some crazy Elvis theories. So that one I will pass. I will let pass because it's like, okay, some cuckoo. It reminded me of things. It it reminded me. Sure. It had the rhythms of a classic Emmerich. Mm -hmm. Joke, <laughs> but without any of the charm of an Emmerich joke. And see, yeah, the, the ing- and this might be jumping ahead a bit, but I think that's a, th- a theme of this movie. It has the rhythms of a 1990s, early 2000s. You're watching a piece of Emmerich trash, but it's missing something. So you're just like, oh, this stinks. Like I hate this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was that is a good lead into just that this movie even exists in the first place. It's like it like I said, it's almost like a either Roland Emmerich throwing in the kitchen sink combined with him phoning it in or a fan fiction film of Roland Emmerich. That's it feels like either of those. Like that trailer, I was so taken aback by it both because I didn't know. I usually, Danny and I, as you know, as we're doing a podcast podcast together about movies, we really like movies. We usually know what's like in production, what's been greenlit, what's in the works. And I didn't even know this was being made. And I'm not a big Roland Emmerich fan, but I usually at least know he's making something. And this one caught me completely by surprise. And it's like, are we really, you're just making a disaster movie. Like there's no angle. There's no take. So I thought maybe within the movie, there will be something and there isn't. Not only is there not a take, he, he couldn't decide on just doing day after tomorrow, natural disaster type stuff or aliens. So he meshed them together Yep. and it did not work. Oh, he's been, it's been since 2012 is when he basically gave up as far as he's made different movies since then. But 2012, yes, it had the whole angle of the Mayans predicted this, but it is essentially the same as the day after tomorrow, which was the same. Like, it's been since 2012 that he's like, I'm just going to do scenes of cities getting washed away Mm -hmm. by floods and fires. Independence Day, scenes of cities getting washed away by floods and fires. Moonfall, scenes of cities getting washed away by floods and fires. Like he, and, And then maybe I'll throw in a curveball. I'll do a movie about how Shakespeare didn't write Shakespeare. Uh, like uh, <laughs> I'll do Midway, but even Midway, what what will it be about? Naval boats getting washed away by tidal waves and fires. Like with <laughs> yep, which funny enough, I haven't seen that movie, but it was I like turned off a streaming service about a month ago and that was on TV. And I'm like it's it, oh my god, it's exactly what I thought it would be. It is 
yes. an exposition dump that's Patrick Wilson. Yep. It was him just explaining this is why this is important for World War II. And he's yeah. talking like a historian who's looking back on the Battle of Midway, not like somebody who this shit hasn't happened yet. Yes. And it's like, this is Rollin. So he's kind of like, this is another point I was going to make. He, I'm not the first one to make this comparison, but it's more about the sci-fi stuff. He's like a bizarro Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. where obviously we're in the nineties. He, he tried to be Spielberg by making the independence day Godzilla blockbuster movies. But then he's also like Spielberg now where He's like, I'm doing one for them and one for me. And it's Midway and Moonfall. <laughs> it's Anonymous and 2012. It's yes. Stonewall and Independence Day Resurgence. Like, Stonewall. he thinks he's Spielberg by, it's like his Amistad and Lost World Jurassic Park or Schindler's List and Jurassic yep. Park. And it's like, you're not Steven Spielberg. But it, what I didn't know that much about this was I did think a studio said, yeah, let's do this again. Let's let's go with Roland Emmerich making a disaster movie again. And and I'll I'll have you know, Danny, I I'm not as into Roland Emmerich as you are. You are the expert. If you are I <laughs> I guess I am in a way. <laughs> but I've missed the middle gap of his I think I think day after tomorrow was my breaking point. Miss Miss so, is not the right word, but I know what you mean for the purposes of clarity. <laughs> <laughs> I um you know I I didn't See. I am not a say I'm not a sadist, so I didn't watch ten thousand BC ten thousand BC twenty twelve twenty twelve White House Down White House uh, Down that was the other one um anonymous um, I only watched resurgence because of the red letter media review where they said it's actually not that bad it's one of his better films it is one of his and you know what it is and what's so interesting about resurgence is he seemed like he finally was in on the joke yes and that movie i think is actually legitimately at times funny like Mm -hmm. jokes that land but i then saw that james vanderbilt wrote the screenplay which shocked me i did i missed that or forgot Wait, who wrote i think sc- i that james vanderbilt wrote the screenplay who to did- independence day oh he wrote he wrote zodiac he wrote, oh. like an accomplished an accomplished screenwriter oh. wrote that script and white house down so he had this brief like ah. that was also making me think inverse spielberg i'm like james vanderbilt says ah. david kept now like he, he wasn't like working okay with his other writer. german hack fraud friend uh harold Klaus. He, he worked with this guy he's he either was working with dean devlin yes or uh harold klausner with a lot of his movies dean devlin did like godzilla stargate yep. independence day Maybe independence day yeah yep. yeah and then harold klausner did the uh, like day after tomorrow 2012 so a lot of his stupid movies were with these with those two guys Dean Devlin okay. made one of the best Roland Emmerich movies, Geostorm, which has that hilarious fake poster, I Was Fired by Science for Being Too Handsome, um, which is about Gerard Butler's weather gun, <laughs> which is like yeah. a great Roland Emmerich movie, but Roland Emmerich didn't make but, it. But he didn't make it. But yes. that's one that I would you would think he exactly. Yes, it's a great Emmerich very movie him. that he didn't make. And that was another one that felt like that was what that came out like. 12 or something like that that felt way too old to be it's like why are we which 
that's another talking point is like, you know, I think you often say this, there, there are really only what, like six versions of stories that you can keep retelling. Right. So in theory, why does a disaster movie no longer feel like it works? Whereas superhero movies get redone all the time. And what I think of is, yes, there are all these Marvel characters and some of them are certainly feeling tedious after a while and all of that, but there at least seems to be those movies when they're good, focus on characters and there's enough of an angle with new characters that it keeps you invested. And that's what he doesn't seem to get or is incapable of understanding is if there was some sort of either take or if there were good characters, like if there was a disaster movie that came out next year, but it was built on having a foundation of excellent characters and everything else was kind of formulaic, then I think it could potentially be a hit. It's not necessarily the disaster movie can't work anymore, though it feels especially like, what else can you do with this? But I think it's, it just goes down to all these characters suck on top of all of these other issues. That's the thing. He loves the, the ensemble cast. He loves that seventies thing, like the towering Inferno or the Poseidon adventure. Mm -hmm. He loves that ensemble cast of like stock characters dealing with some sort of disaster but but so it doesn't really matter like the characters don't have to be very depthful but they're like they're like really stuck they're they're like not even like there's like nothing to them like they are literally just like he is a divorced dad like that's literally all he gives them like even 2012 he has that john cusack's character is He's a divorced dad who has a troubled relationship with his kids and his ex-wife is in a relationship with a, with a plastic surgeon who's, who's kind of, who's kind of a jerk, but he's, he's good with the kids. And it's like, really that that's, that's the character. But the little twist is to make money. He's a failed writer who wrote a book about a sci-fi book about a, about a science fiction disaster. And to make money on the side, he drives a limo, and one of his clients is a Russian oligarch who has one of the who has one of the only tickets to one of the giant arcs that will take the rich people to safety when 2012 happens. It's like, okay, that's really stupid, but that's something. <laughs> it's something that justifies yeah. our main character being this boring, divorced. Like, it's something to get to justify us following this boring ass divorced dad across the country in the middle of this ridiculous, like globe spanning story, you know, like independence day. He's a, he's, he's in this relationship with this woman, this single mother and her boy, but you know, he is an air force pilot who's the lone survivor of the disastrous counterattack against the aliens. Okay. Got it. I get why they're part of the, and it's Will Smith, like mm-hmm. charismatic There's charisma. Actor. Yeah. Yes. This is look. This is Patrick Wilson, most boring actor. Boring, boring actor. Danny. People, you know, they say Scorsese, De Niro, Ford, Lucas, um, other Ford. 
Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> Roland Emmerich, and Patrick <laughs> Wilson. You know, he <laughs> he's he is Patrick Wilson. Boy, his name is so emblematic. Patrick Wilson is a walking dad joke. Like, <laughs> he, he looks boring. He sounds... I think he's actually a pretty good actor. I think he's been good in things. Sure. But he he's actually... He's perfect for these types of movies. Yes. Like, he... His performance was fine. He didn't... I think he tried. He's he's a pro. He I'm sure he knew it was trash. But yeah. he has the right corniness for Roland Emmerich. So I actually think his casting was like fine. Yeah, but he I'm doesn't not saying, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't spark that they should have maybe invested a little bit more. Halle Berry has oh, some sure. Halle Berry's good you know, she's Halle Berry. You know? Yeah. Like she's got a little bit more I mean, even even Samuel Tarley has some you know, he's Samuel Tarley. He's weird. He has a cat named yeah. Buzz. Yeah, and Aldrin. he was actually pretty... I know. You know, he's, I know. he's fun. He's he was actually Tarly. pretty good in this, I thought. He's a good he's actor. A, I think he's John very, Bradley? Yes, it's John It's John Bradley. He's a good actor. Okay. He's fun. Um, it, it's just like pa- Patrick Wilson. Like, he, he's our... <laughs> he's our man meat. He's our man candy in this movie. Like... Yeah, yeah, like of all the people to pick, like he's good as Ocean Master. Like I want to see him as Ocean Master, Un- undersea fascist who wants to rule the seven seas. <laughs> like he works as that. I don't want to see him as astronaut Mike Dexter, who I'm supposed to like root for to save. Just which what this? Yeah, I don't want to watch him fight nanobots on the moon, which is what this movie is about. I hear you. I like, I guess him, I'm just looking Patrick at Patrick Wilson yep. and John Bradley are this movie's Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. And that is what has happened to this country. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that's what ha- that's what's happened to Roland Emmerich. Like yeah, well, yes, he, exactly. He tri- like, it's, he, he tricked people early Will enough Smith and and Jeff Goldblum. And it ends with Patrick Wilson <laughs> and the and the fat guy from Game of Thrones, and they're fighting nanobots on the moon. And it's like, wow, talk about just fall he threw from everything but the kitchen sink. And it's really just he's just thrown in the towel. He's just like, I've got no ideas left. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll just kind of yeah. borrow the backstory from Halo and just hope it works. About. Mm-hmm. He he heard he heard that AI was becoming a thing, so he was like, "I'll throw that in there." Like twenty years too late. Also, like I feel like those ideas have been in movies for a long time. Yeah, twenty years long too, time. too late, and yet like a couple months too early. Because like if it had come out like <laughs> right now, he would have been like, "AI, that's a thing I see on TikTok." Like he would have. He's just so uh, hopeless. Like he's just he's so out of step. It, it's yeah. sad. He's like this. He's a fascinating figure because he's this, you know, he's this weird German guy who obviously loves America. He loves like cheap American kitschy schlock. Like he obviously likes that. Yeah. He loves like Americana, like genuinely loves it. He, he, he knows it's like cheesy and corny and stupid and he likes it. Um, which I think is why his early stuff is more, I, I mean, it obviously doesn't work for most people, but I think the reason it was more successful in that people kind of have fonder memories of it is because 
he seemed to like genuinely like believe it. Um, he wasn't trying to like sell anything. He just genuinely thought it sold because it was good. Like he was like people eat yeah. hamburgers, people eat McDonald's because it's great. Like he just like had like a genuine belief that like it was it was like it was like he he was just, it was sincere. Like he's just a sincere I, idiot. I, I think he's not dissimilar from another punching bag of ours, Zack Snyder. Like they yeah they seem like I think. I think Zack Snyder is sadly a more competent, smarter filmmaker. I don't um, even think that's a yeah. close contest. Like, yeah. I don't even think, I honestly, I don't even think it's, I don't even think that's even a fair contest. Zack Snyder is a much better filmmaker than <laughs> Which is, but, but like, I think they're yes, similar like in their um, sincerity. Yeah. In what they're doing, as opposed to like trying to trick or pander to people. Right. Like we've talked about at some point, I, I need to sadly familiarize myself with both of them, but we've talked about at some point doing like a Michael Bay versus Roland Emmerich episode, because I think that's a good counterpoint of Michael Bay is a snake oil salesman, but Roland Emmerich. He's also Emmerich, a better filmmaker though. <laughs> oh, he, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, actually, funny enough, I was talking to Mary asked what we were recording on tonight. And I said, Roland Emmerich. And she's like, I only know that name from listening to your podcast. <laughs> She's like, disaster movie guy? And I said, yep. And I said, can you name any of the movies he's made? And she said, what's, this, what's the meteorite movie with Bruce Willis? I said, <laughs> nope. <laughs> so that's Michael Bay, yes. written by J.J. Abrams, funny enough. Yes. But then, then when I started Nate, she's like, yep, yep, got there. And then I said, we're doing Moonfall, she said. I don't know what that is. I, yeah. I actually, it might have been that might have been what prompted the conversation. I think it was before we got into Roland Emmerich. And I said, if I told you Moonfall, what would you guess the movie's about? And she said, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I told, I told, I told Abby. She's like, what are you guys recording that? I said Moonfall, and she's like, I saw that movie. And I was like, you saw Moonfall, and she's like, yeah, it was Cher and Nicolas Cage. I was like, that's Moonstruck, <laughs> and she was like. You guys aren't doing Moonstruck? I said, no. She's like, why not? That's a great movie. And I said, yes, it is. We are doing a different mm-hmm. film. <laughs> yeah, Michael there, Bay has Moon... made a better version of almost every Roland Emmerich movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. Armageddon's better than this. Uh, Pearl Harbor's Pearl better than Harbor's Midway. probably better than Midway. Yeah, oh, 100%. Sadly. <laughs> like, yeah. He, he, yeah, Michael Bay is consciously has contempt for his audience. He's like, you mm-hmm. cows will eat this because you're swine. And we are. And we do. <laughs> but he is good at it. Like, he, he is a better filmmaker. Um, yeah. Roland Emmerich is as stupid as we are. Like, he is a cow who just, someone gave the cow a camera. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd like to think you and I, could come up with a better story structure than Moonfall. Oh, I'm not saying just, just by like <laughs> just by making it simpler. Like just make yeah. Set it. it a... That's that is this number one. That's the number one problem of this movie. For this sure. is what I would do: set it in the not too distant future, like all the X Men yep. movies. The not too distant future. Cast someone as an irritating Elon Musk stand-in. He didn't land mm-hmm. on Mars. He made it to the moon. He's now mining the moon, and him mining the moon fucks it up and sends the moon wow. out of orbit. And now the moon is attacking the earth and it's about, that's all it is. Cause all the Perfect. good, 
all the quote unquote good stuff in this movie was the moon crashing into earth, which of course was ridiculous. If the moon, if the moon was off its orbit by like even a little bit, we're fucked. But like the, the moon just like inching closer to mountains, like that was all fun of people running away yeah. from the moon. Really stupid, but fun, but stupid in a fun, but like way. a perfect story setup for this type of movie. Yes. I even like the, the stupid like heist scene of them, like doing stupid heists in the middle of a moonfall. Like, I didn't even mind that. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was dumb, but it was like, okay, I'd even be fine with this. If there wasn't fucking, if I didn't know that there was nanobots up there, like, yes, get rid of all the yeah. nanobots, get rid of NASA, get rid of all that shit. Um, but like you said, at the same time, you come for a move, you come to a Roland Emmerich movie like this for that opening 20 minutes of on screen titles, guys in uniforms going, <laughs> What do we got? <laughs> like, what's the situation? That, that you, you come for those sequences of like people in rooms being informed of the plot, and then you want to watch things go wrong, and then you want to watch everyone like respond to it and that part of the movie is not good it's tired but there was a certain like comfort to it of like not he's not not he still has it but sort of like wow he still just does this like there there, i i hesitate to use the word nostalgia but the just the first act was like was like a hot bowl of soup or something. Yes. Something that's not yes. quite like you're like, I'm not in love with this, but this yeah. will do. Yes. And this it made will do. me feel a little, this will do. That'll do yeah. Big, I really oh, <laughs> yeah. I like a little pig. I was like, okay, I'm on a run. It's exactly like you said, the, it immediately turns into a globe, global thing yeah. where they're showing other countries and yeah. landmarks and they're doing all those things, but it's like, okay, this is fine. I, I, yeah. I similarly thought if it's just about the moon, but you even came up with a great idea of what gets the moon off its orbit. Again, it's, I mean, it doesn't make sense probably, but for this movie, it's, it, it makes perfect yes. sense. For a Roland it's, Emmerich yeah. movie, the, the moon getting off its orbit and that being like a thing that can be dealt with to, in any way, that's fine. Like, even if it's a mission to the moon to get it back on its orbit, I'm fine with that. The second it becomes nanobots, yeah. artificial intelligence ancient humans moon is a mega it's like no 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 get rid of all that shit i don't care about that that's stupid um yeah it's like nostalgia because it's sort of like wow like movies are all movies of this scale are all the same and yet here this german is still making this He's still doing just this. Like he's not trying to do anything other than just this. And I was, just, I was sitting. Um, it's funny. You say soup. I was sitting there having tomato <laughs> soup. I was literally sitting watching this with tomato soup. And I was just like, I felt like Edward G. Robinson in Soylent Green being like slowly euthanized. As I watched pictures of like wildlife and flowers, I was like, this isn't the worst way to go, honestly, I have to say. Like mm-hmm. this was like this is not this is not this is not altogether unpleasant. And then it just start then I started to sort of sense like something 
something is wrong. <laughs> something is amiss. And it's yeah, it, not even Emmerich is immune to he, even he is like, I've got to make it bigger. I've got to make it cooler. I've got to make it part of a larger universe. I've got, it's like, it's about the moon falling. Just make it about what, yeah. make it about that. Like, wh- how, who do you think you are? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Who, yeah, <laughs> leads me to another point. Uh, Mary and I are watching. We are running through Curb Your Enthusiasm. So every thing I hear in my head is either in the voice of Larry David or Susie Green. <laughs> and when we were introduced to Patrick Wilson's son in this, all I heard was Susie Green say, and I hope we can find the clip. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Who the fuck is this kid? He can't even talk. So I'm as I'm thinking he must be from Australia or something like All that. All the worst like English from Australia. <laughs> yeah, like we talked about recently. Like I'm thinking he's a he's from an English speaking country, but has an accent and he's not hiding his accent well. And that wasn't it. He's an American who apparently I haven't seen him in anything else, but he's been in other like decent projects, but wow, is he, he isn't even articulating lines. It's not even that he's stoic and not giving a great performance or whatever. He he's like not even talking correctly. It's baffling. They must not have had enough time for multiple takes or (laughs) excuse me or what, but he was terrible. And Halle Berry randomly has a, Chinese nanny who they, I think they write in, is she a PhD student on a grant or something? Is that why she's in America? Yes. Something like that. She's, she's, so she's we, on some sort of course of study in America. And then to make money, yeah. she's a, she does childcare. And then we later, I didn't realize this, but find out that she's a big soap opera slash pop star from China, something like that. And going way back to a point, I think I, we started talking about this movie was not financed by a major Hollywood studio. Just because, not, it, not in the movie. What did I say? Oh, just, it was just, it, it, she's not, she's not a pop star in the movie. Oh, thank you. Yes. Her character. <laughs> I am so sorry. Yes. I apologize. In real life. We later yeah, find sorry, out yeah. that this was just this the way person, you said that it sounded it, like it was stuck. find out in the movie that she is a oh, famous soap opera and pop star. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I am so sorry. I'm I'm trying to merge two points here. No, yes, no that would have been is, interesting yes. though In if a pop life, star a was famous, being. If yes, she's a famous Chinese. Uh, yeah, so it's essentially stunt pop-up. casting for China. Yeah, stunt casting both for the Chinese market and because a lot of the money for this movie came from Chinese companies, producers, yeah. whatever. So. Yeah, Similar it's to like the this... prominently featured uh, Chinese ace fight, fighter pilot at Independence Day resurgence, which is fine. China's a country. There's people in China like movies. Sure. I have no problem yeah. with that. Like, it's just, it is just funny that, like, Hollywood has no interest in his movies anymore. Like, they don't give it, like, yeah. his movies were huge. Like, they were, gar- like, you could count on them. Like, if, his, if he was coming out with a movie, people were excited for the day after tomorrow. They were like, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Thank God he's not making some stupid revolutionary war epic with Mel Gibson. Like, good. A disaster movie with a hit, with a hunk. 
And Dennis, like, good, I want to see this. I don't want to see the Patriot or whatever. Um, and now he has to basically cobble together financing from his own money yeah. and and China. And as and as part of that, they're like, well, yeah, you put some of our movies, you got to put some of our, you got to, I mean, understandably, you have to put some of our stars in it or mm-hmm. no one's going to go see it in our theaters. I'm curious to you know how this movie did in China. It might be why the movie is so unintelligible because it's supposed to basically be able to be understood anywhere in the world. <laughs> I mean, they, yes, they, they've like translatable they've to anything. That, yeah. A lot of his, his, his independent day resurgence, like it was funny, but there's some of the jokes in it were so like juvenile because that kind of humor is basically funny in any language. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The idea being that like, yeah, we, it'll be funny in any language. Like, we don't have to translate like Harvey Firestein is hard to translate into any language. <laughs> it's like Harvey Firestein isn't necessarily funny in Oklahoma. So like you have to like he might he, Harvey Firestein might not be funny in China. There was no Harvey Firestein character in Independence Day Resurgent. And that's the thing. His movies have lost the Harvey Firestein element. Mm. They have lost that that's what they've lost. They've mm-hmm. lost that element that they had when he was younger and a bit more uh, innocent, more naive, more m- dumber when he was dumber, when he had less money. Yeah, because he used to be he was he was stupid. He was German and he was weird. And now he's still stupid. He's still German. He's still weird, but he's rich. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he, he, so he's like lost his he, he now has lots of money and has only been making movies for 20 years. So he's like lot. He's kind of like lost touch with, um, he's like lost touch with his like weirdness that he used to have. His like fundamental mm. inability to be a regular person. He, I don't know how big his ego is, but I feel like he'd be the type of guy who'd actually trans transition pretty well into being just like a TV director for like a CSI type show, right? Like someone who knows how to do the basics of filmmaking, you know, um, where he doesn't, he's not involved in the scripts. He's not casting. He's just kind of brought in as a director for hire. He, he feels like the type of guy who's going to have to do that because he's not going to be allowed to make, make, although he, I think Midway was a decent hit. Well, a certain generation. Rumors. Yeah. A certain generation yeah. loved that. Cause because they love, like you said, Patrick Wilson talking about how important Midway is. There's a certain audience that loves that. They want to go mm-hmm. to the movie and hear the characters talk about how important it is that they're seeing that this movie. Like, they need that. Um, that's what Wolfgang Peterson did. He essentially, he made Poseidon. It bombed and he was like, I'm just going to go make TV in Germany now. He just stopped making movies. Movies got too big, too cumbersome. And he just left. He just stopped. He just went to TV. He said, I have a certain level. I have a certain skill level. I've reached it. <laughs> and so I'm going to, I don't want to embarrass myself. So I'm going to stop. But I think, I see, I think Roland Emmerich does have a little bit of an ego because he's got that I'm Spielberg thing, which yeah. is Steven Spielberg should have never said he liked Independence Day because he said that publicly. And Roland Emmerich heard that and he was like, that's awesome. It's like, of course, if I if I, if Steven Spielberg said he liked one of my movies, I would also probably never stop making movies. <laughs> like, 
I'd want to also keep making movies. So yeah, he he thinks that he's still got one more in him. Um, he barely had the one, so he should just count his blessings yeah. and and pack it in and just direct some TV episodes of some shows. Yeah, sci-fi schlocky stuff too. Like if it's there's a sci-fi network show or yeah. what have you, but That's um, what Neil Marshall because did. I, you know I think. Neil Marshall kind yeah, of stopped making uh, movies I, and just did I, some TV episodes. Joel Schumacher did that. He directed Schumacher. House of Cards and a lot of, I think Joe Dante even did that. Like even better filmmakers eventually get to that point. It's like, yeah. And Roland Emmerich's got to be pretty old now. You know, he's got to be at least in his late fifties, I would think. Right. Something like that. I um, would imagine. I mean, obviously yeah. the clock has run out on Roland Emmerich. Like it's the end of the line. Um, he okay, he is 67 years old. Pack it 67. Okay, his husband much older than I thought. I would assume his husband is not 67, I would assume his husband is much younger. So it's time to pack it in and it is time to direct some television. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to pack it in, just live in your beautiful. I, I, I assume his, his home in California is beautifully appointed. He, he has like a huge art collection. Just like get that insured, live with your husband. Who's probably half his age. Like, just like start making independence, make all those independence day sequels, but make them as comics, make them as comics I, and books. Like I would rather see, sell out. I cannot believe I'm saying this. I would rather see some sort of continuation of independence day. I, I was just make again, them as we talked about resurgence was, it was dumb but it was entertaining and I think opened a world of like, this is actually kind of interesting. And then that movie didn't perform well. And then he tried to do a similar thing with this one with having these like competing alien factions fighting each other. But that 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 works better in independence day. He did the stupid thing because he thought he had to, because of the, the, how dark movies have become. He thought he had to kill a character off that he had to kill people off to make it like impactful. So he killed Bill Pullman, and it's like no one wants to see that. Keep Bill Pullman alive. Yeah. I want to watch Bill Pullman and Jeff Goldblum travel across the galaxy and have bro adventures with Brent Spiner. So make yes. comics, sell the rights to Dark Horse, have them make comics about the Independence Day. Have every single miniseries have an R themed title. Just keep making comics about their adventures yes. in space. Um, make a video game, sell out. Get 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 wicked fat, wear bathrobes until the end of your life, do something, do horrible crimes. Like, come on, just like lean into it. Stop making movies. No one wants to see this anymore. It's time to just give in to your yeah. debauched Hollywood desires. <laughs> so yeah, if you're if you're interested in watching, I I think this is good bad movie. It's it's a little long. It's like right at two hours, I think, before the credits hit, something like that. And the visual effects are terrible in the later half of the movie. Like I said, the characters are bad. Nothing makes sense. If you want to hear a little kid give the longest exposition dump you, you ever, you've ever heard, you know, and he stumbles over a lot of words, you can check that out. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm definitely not recommending this as a good movie. No. Um, I do want to quickly say what I was thinking about a little bit as I'm watching this going, how to like kind of do the 
disaster movie differently. Have you seen the film Take Shelter with Michael uh, Shannon? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was good. That was good, Michael <laughs> Shannon. I think, I think the filmmaker's Jeff Nichols. I've liked all the movies that he's made, but it's not really a disaster movie, but it's like the idea of a, de- a disaster impending, and it's a good study on like mental illness and like what you're perceiving to be real versus not real. And, and then there are allusions to world ending apocalyptic stuff. And I thought, boy, that's a, that's a fun, interesting angle at the disaster. way beyond Roland Emmerich, way beyond him. Roland Emmerich could never. Yeah. And Michael Shannon, I mean, if you like Michael Shannon, you'll, Uh I mean, that is, that is a, a, like a tour de tour de force. Uh, performance in that movie the the idea the idea of a disaster like drives a man insane and it's just really yeah. really good and michael and shannon a, is like such a good actor it, absolutely and it's exactly that but it's it's like i was saying it's a character study yes and then i was also this movie is a lot more famous but i i thought about interstellar a lot watching this as well and thinking like there's a movie that never it doesn't do the what's going on in Egypt and China and India <laughs> thing that Roland Emmerich does. It stays focused on a family. Like the the earth is going to die and it still pretty much stays focused on one family. Sunshine by mm-hmm. Danny Boyle is a mission to reignite the sun. Yes. Because... Earth is dying because the sun is dying. Yeah. You only know the astronauts. Yeah. It doesn't cut back to Earth and, and show all the... It's, it's and, character and sunshine, focus. Scientifically, that movie doesn't make much sense. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't doesn't matter. Good movie. Yeah. Like, who, who cares? It, it's just a good... It's a compelling film. Interstellar doesn't show the rocket launch. Like yeah. fam- famously doesn't have a rocket launch scene. And Nolan was like, why show it? Everyone knows what a rocket launch looks like. It has that beautiful cut of just cutting from him in the car to him in the cockpit. It's like, oh, that's fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, y- y- you you watch a movie like Moonfall, and then you're like, look, I get that Nolan's not for everyone, but like, how can you, like, when, when, when there's a director like Nolan out there who, like, makes movies mm. that are basically similar, it's about a dad with a troubled relationship with his kids and like earth is facing a disaster. And it's like, he, he makes, he makes interstellar and Roland Emmerich is making moonfall. It's like, come on. Like you can make these big movies on this big Christopher Nolan just like did like a nuclear explosion, like for real. I was going to say he's he saved the rocket launch. Uh, he wasn't interested in doing that. He's instead yeah. going to just blow up a nuke for Oppenheimer. He just detonated a nuke for just just for movie magic. Like it's yeah. yeah. I mean, I as someone who just has seen every <laughs> Emmerich movie and is always ready to be disappointed. This was like a I was disappointed. Like I wouldn't recommend this movie. Watch the first twenty minutes for your for your guaranteed Emmerich hit of the usual, the usual Emmerich stuff, Pentagon assholes, text on text, you know, on screen text of, you know, NORAD, New Mexico, all that shit. And then just check out the second you start to sense that it's going off the rails. 
But like, there's really, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is, it's his worst film. And like that, that's insane to think of because like, yeah, like almost all of his movies are his worst film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I like he's open with, this is the dumbest movie I've seen. It, you might be right. You might be right. It has every cliche you could imagine, you know, and if you're in the mood for a disaster movie, fine, whatever. It, or if you like good, bad movies, this is teetering on that. But yeah. other than that, for no reason would I watch Moonfall. It's a cliche, but you you really will be dumber for having watched it. <laughs> like y- yeah. you will be a little, you will be a little, uh, you will be a little more stupid than you were before. Not not a lot, but a little more stupid. Definitely. Well, Danny and I are going to be ho- hoping that uh, better movies will be coming out. We're, we're going to try to go back and watch some of the you know, more critically acclaimed movies that we missed uh, towards the end of 2022. So we might be looking at those. But then, um, oh gosh, Marvel's already back this month, Danny. So we got a couple potential Marvel movies to look at too and all that fun stuff. So anyway, so we will be planning those out. Thank you very much for listening. I want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life.